How many of you have been blessed during the teachings of uh, building effective relationships? You've learned something? You have learned something? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's good when you come to the house of God and you are edified. Now, so I'm not going back to some of the things I have thought about today. I want to finish this particular thing on building effective relationships. Next year, maybe later in the end of the year, the book will come out and you can buy, all right? And you can read the rest of the points. But I want to finish it so that beginning next week, I can begin a new series. Hallelujah. Because we are fasting, so we want to move on another dimension and another gear. Amen? Are we here? Are we here? Give me Amos chapter 3, verses 3. Amos 3, 3. Amos chapter 3, verses 3. Shall we read one go? Read it again. Can two walk together unless they? Can two walk together unless they? Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter. We stay in that scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14. Um, the scripture from the Amplified, if it's possible. 2 Corinthians 6. Shall we read one go? Mm -hmm. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked or unequally bound together with someone that is not of a like mind like you. See, the moment you get to a space where you bind yourself or you get yourself yoked with somebody who is not like-minded or compatible like you, what happens is that there is always conflict. Somebody say conflict. And last week, I um, started, um, I taught you on compatibility in relationships. Somebody say compatibility. Shout it again, compatibility. Yeah, so God admonishes us in his word that we should not be unequally yoked or banded together with people that we are not of the same mind with. We are not of the same ideologies with people that we don't blend together with because you are in the light somebody else may be in darkness and it becomes so difficult for you to blend together for you to walk together and most of the time ladies and gentlemen we don't realize you are not compatible until after some time are you getting me See, when you see, like I was explaining yesterday, anytime you are in a relationship with someone, the moment you meet the person, there is that excitement, that happiness, that joy. The time I call the honeymoon session, everything looks nice. There is nothing bad about a person. There is nothing evil about a person. All you see is 
happiness and joy and fun and, and, and excitement. All you see is good things. Hallelujah. But there comes a time when you begin to identify certain things about a person and you begin to go like, oh God, what is going on here? Are you getting me? And, and that moment, that is when if you are not careful um, and you don't know how to manage yourself and possibly you have not possibly guarded yourself well, you make the wrong decisions. You need to be very, very careful, ladies and gentlemen, when you get to know people, when you are getting to know people so that you don't get yourself into a certain space of commitment where you feel like, I really don't want this. But now you are hooked, you are locked, you don't know what to do, but you cannot also back off. I pray that God will give you revelation and insight. Amen. See, um, someone was telling me the other day, a friend of mine, he entered into a relationship with a with a certain lady, and he realized that, okay, this is not what he wanted, and uh, he wanted to back off. So he told the lady, you know, um, you, know you, you, you need to find something nice. I mean, my former PA in London, he told me, Papa, now, this is what we do. Find a nice story and tell the lady so that, tell your friend to find a nice story and tell the lady so that the lady can back off. So now, I mean, I told my friend, I've contacted the lady. The lady said to be able to put this lady out, find a nice story and tell the lady so that he backs off. So now my friend cooked a nice story. Somebody say a nice story. Nice story. Now a nice story. So he was going to tell the lady. The lady said, where? Me. You are leaving me. We are not leaving. <laughs> you cannot leave and I am not leaving. He says, you know, I've grown out of love. No, don't worry. We will use my love. <laughs> you don't need to have love. In this, we will use mine. He says, you have grown. Don't worry. You don't need to love me. We will use my love. I am in love. So we continue. <laughs> the guy realized this. I'm not compatible with this person. This lady says, I am not leaving. For where? Let me tell you. The guy will wake up in the morning, the lady will park his car, car in front of his house. Drive, I mean, he was tormented. This is more than a monitoring spirit. <laughs> so you need to be careful who you get yourself involved with. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Be careful. Some people, you cannot... Amen? So, compatibility in relationships is very key. Tell your neighbor, compatibility is very key. And I explained that compatibility is the ability to exist together, together without having conflict or problems. There is, there is no way you will not have issues, but you see, there are certain issues, they can, be, they can be solved, they can be resolved, I mean, and life can go on, but there are certain relationships every single week. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a relationship and every single week or every other week, there is a problem, you, you, don't, you don't need a prophet to tell you it's not going anywhere. It's, it's just what it is. You just need to come to terms with it. And find a way and solve that problem so that it does not reoccur every week or every other day. Or you find yourself out and trust God for someone that is very compatible with you. Are we together? 
Yeah, so you need to understand that compatibility is very key in relationships. And I explained the various forms of compatibility. Uh, please give me the slides as we go on. Yeah, I said we have got spiritual compatibility. Um, we have um, sp spiritual compatibility. With, and the question is, what you need to ask yourself is, are we spiritually compatible? Do we believe in the same things? Do we, I mean, this person doesn't go, want to go to church. You want to go to church. This person hates anything that is going to do with God. I mean, are you spiritually compatible? Is, this, is, is the person someone that you can blend with? When you get married or you are in a relationship with someone and you get married, are you sure you are going to have peace to serve God? Ask yourself this question. Are you spiritually compatible? The Bible says we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. See, the problem with many believers, especially ladies, is that they feel like the church boys or the church men are not romantic. Hello? Have you heard that before? That the church men are not what? Yes. So what they do is that they would rather go and bring someone out of God and trying to mold them into becoming churchy and that is practically impossible. Can I be honest with you? Everybody look at me. Look at me. Let me say this. Even if you are, you are sleeping, just look at me. There is risk in dating a church person. And there is risk in dating a non-church person. Whether the person is born again or not born again, it's still risky. Alright? But you are on the safer side of risk when you date someone that knows God. Did you hear what I said? When you get into a relationship with someone that is not churchy, that does not know Jesus, that does not know God, it's risky. When you even date even a pastor, a man who is anointed or churchy or very spiritual, it is still what? But guess what? You are on the safer side of risk when you are dating someone that knows Jesus. You see, because when the person knows God and things go wrong, when the rubber hits the road and things get messy, at least you can take your Bible and try to explain certain things to them and bring their mind back home. Are we together? But the one that doesn't care about what John said or what Peter said or what Jesus said, you are finished. There is nothing you can tell them. Are we together? Yeah. It's risky dating a church person. It's risky dating somebody that is also not churchy. But you are on the safer side of, of risks. The risk is minimal when you are dating somebody that knows the Lord. That you can reason with. You can have a Bible study with. When things get bad, you can even call pastor to come and talk to them. And they will at least change. Are we together? So you must be um, very careful when you are choosing your partner in terms of uh, compatibility sexually. Emotionally, are you emotionally compatible? Do you feel safe around a person? Or you feel vulnerable? Are you intellectually compatible? Can you have conversations? I always tell you, if all the conversations you are having with your partner is, oh, I love you in the morning and I love you in the evening, my friend, it will get finished. There is nothing to talk about. Are we together? You must, you must, you must, you must create conversations. And that's why I always say, get to do things together as partners so that there will be something to talk about. Even if there is no love to talk about, at least there is business to talk about. So the person who has to call you, even if they don't want to call you because there is something to what? To talk about. Are we together? 
But if in a relationship, there is absolutely nothing else apart from the so-called love you share. My friend, it is frivolous. It is weak. It, it is fragile. That relationship is fragile and it's not solid and it's not strong. The only thing you people share is the so-called love you have. My friend, that is weak. Tell you anybody that is weak. Yeah. What else can you talk about? What else can you do? What else can you have together? Because if there is, because there comes a time that possibly there will be tension, there will be friction. Things may not be so nice, but the question is, what will bring the person back into talking to you is something else that you share besides the love that you have. Are we together? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Because let me, let, me, let me be a bit plain as possible. If we take the so-called love from you and your partner, what else do you have? So, what else do you do together? What else can you share as a couple? As two people in relationship? There is nothing. If there is nothing, it means that that relationship, that marriage is weak, is fragile, it's not solid. Let me move on. Recreational compatibility. Can you have fun together? Do you do things together that you love? I, I was telling you last week, even if you don't like football and your husband likes football, pretend to like football. Amen? Try to sit down and watch. Try to get engaging. Amen? Yes. Get to know some players in his team. So that you can have conversations. Amen? How many of you know your partner's team that they support in football? You know your partner. That is if you have a partner. If you don't have one, you are on your own. This question does not apply to you. <laughs> when you are filling a form, there's a place you click at, not applicable. So if you don't have a partner, this is not applicable. But if you have one, you know your partner's team that they support. Okay, good. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's good. You need to know their names. Yes, are you sexually compatible? I mean, can you connect? That is there a click? When the person see you, is there something that stirs within you? Or you are just Christian brothers and sisters in marriage? Shalom. Hallelujah. Amen. Shalom ends at some point. Amen? Yes. Now, so you need to be compatible. You must have these areas of compatibility when you are considering marrying someone and then now let's go to what I want to share with you today. Um, trust. Somebody say trust in relationships. Somebody shout trust in relationships. You see, you need, if you want that relationship to work, you must learn how to trust your partners. Tell your neighbor, trust your partner. Say trust your partner. If you fail to trust your partner, trust me, there is no way that relationship would go. When the trust in a relationship is, is weak or is broken, it is a remedy for disaster in that relationship. Amen? Yes. Number one, I said trust is one of the most important ingredients that every relationship needs. Somebody shout trust. Every relationship needs trust. If your relationship would work, there must be trust. 
even with your boss, if you are working in an institution or organization and your boss does not trust you, he can't work with you. Amen? So, for every relationship, every marriage to work, there must be trust. Somebody shout trust. A relationship without trust is like a car without fuel. It won't go anywhere. Did you hear that? A relationship that is without trust is like a car without fuel. It will not go anywhere. If uh, you have a relationship and there is no trust in that relationship, it's not going to go anywhere. In fact, if you are, some of you, you are working with people you don't even trust. And the question is, why are you working with them? Hey, man of God, these people are around here. They are stealing my money. Fire them. Amen? You are a business owner. You don't trust people. And you don't trust the people you are working with. How do you move forward? Tell your neighbor trust. A relationship without trust is like a car without fuel. I said it will what? It will what? It will go nowhere. A relationship Every relationship is about trust. See, the moment, everybody listen to me, the moment you begin to play a detective in that relationship, it's gone. You hear what I'm saying? Now you are, you are detective Lucy. You want to find out this one, what is he doing? You are finished. Are you hearing me? The moment you decide to play a detective in the relationship, you are trying to find out things. You are gone. It's gone. It's already gone. It's just a matter of time. Amen? Yeah. It's a sign that you don't trust your partner. When you are trying to find out, see, some people, when they, they want to check how you are drawing your pattern on your phone, they are, they are, I mean, surely, my friend, give us a break. I mean, they, they are watching and when you are asleep, they want to take your fingerprint to, I mean, I, uh, the things we hear. Man of God, I was asleep. M my husband was trying to use my fingerprint to open my phone. Detective Benjamin. See, the moment you, uh, you are trying to find, you, you make yourself a detective, know that that relationship is gone. Amen? You see, the Bible says Adam and Eve were naked and they were not ashamed. They were open to each other. Somebody say open. Yeah. See? We live in a time and an age, people are so secretive, and every time and then people are hiding things. How many of you are here that you are uncomfortable for your partner to access your phone? I can say 90%. That means there is no trust in the relationship. Amen? I said there is no what? Yeah, there is no trust in that relationship because the moment you are uncomfortable for your partner to assess your phone, what are you hiding? Ask your neighbor, what are you hiding? 
What is there in that phone that is so secure that you cannot even allow somebody to access the phone? Huh? What are you hiding? Because some of you, your phones are not born again. Because if we are to go into the phone right now, we will run out of here. The things we will see. Some people, the password and the securities on their phone is greater than that of FBI and CIA. It's dangerous. You have to do a pattern, put a code, put another password, and put a tampering. Ah, surely. Is it central bank votes? Even central bank votes, I don't think they is that secure. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so we need to trust each other. Tell your neighbor, trust your partner. Tell your neighbor, trust your partner. Yeah, because, and you see, one of the things that we, we, we need to understand is that trust is like a glass. Give me a glass. Give me the glass. A glass. Yes, thank you. You know this glass? Can you see this glass? I like to illustrate my sermons. You can see this glass? Every one of you, those in the overflow, can you see this glass? Now, trust is like a glass. In case this glass breaks, there is a way I can use a glue to still put it together. I may be able to drink from the glass, but guess what? It will never look the same. Are you following me? If this glass is to break now, I can find a way to put it together and still use it. But guess what? It will never look the same. When the trust in a relationship is broken, or once the trust in a relationship is broken, guess what? It may, you guys may try to come together, but the relationship may never be the same. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It may never be the same. Once you cheated and you got caught, it will never be the same. Hello? I'm shaking some tables. I will shake. Are you getting me? Yeah. See, I said trust is like a glass. Once it's broken, it can be mended, but it can never be the same. Number two, I said trust is like an eraser. It gets smaller after every what? Blender. Until it finishes completely. How many of you used to use erasers in school when you were young? Eraser. You know an eraser? Some of you can use eraser. Erase. It was big. You erase. It's, get, it's getting smaller. You, you keep erasing. It's getting smaller. You keep erasing. Getting smaller. You keep erasing. Getting smaller. Amen? Until when it's finishing, what do you use? Saliva. <laughs> How many of you did? You didn't use saliva when you were in school? So, you see, when trust in a relationship starts getting done, my friend, you are done. You, you got caught in 2001. No, 2000, COVID time. COVID time, many people got caught. I, I received so many phone calls. Hey, people call me, man of God, your church member, this is what they have been doing. That time, me, I'm in London that time. And I, was, I mean, people are calling me from Kenya. And that time, I didn't even have a church here in Kenya. Someone say, your church member. See what they are doing. COVID time, it was dangerous. 
How many of you got caught during COVID? <laughs> Hallelujah. Liars will not go to heaven. Anyway, you, now, you, you got caught in 2021. 2022, you got caught. 2023, you, you are keeping getting what? 2024. By 2025, there will be no relationship. See, you know, you know, some people when they get caught, they start to cry. If you just give me one last chance, it will never. This is the devil. I mean, I'm getting born again. From today, I'm saved. Call the man of God. I have given my life to Jesus. It will never happen again. You keep getting saved. And it keeps happening. So, trust in a relationship, you need to learn how to build trust. Tell your neighbor, build trust. Tell your neighbor, build trust. Say your neighbor, build trust. You must learn how to build trust. Otherwise, that's what the Bible says, two cannot walk together unless they agree, unless they are connected to each other, unless they are blended with each other, unless they are standing up for each other, they support each other. I, I, was, I, was, I was saying this, and um, get, take me back to the slide. I was saying something very profound. That The question is this. The question you need to ask yourself when it comes to trust in a relationship is this. How well do you trust your partner? This is a rhetorical question. Ask yourself. Put the answers down. Say in terms of percentage. I'm going to ask people. They are going to give us the answers. You, you only tell me. You not tell the crowd so that you don't have issues at home. How well do you trust your partner in terms of percentage? 70, 60, 90, 100%. Anybody with a partner here want to volunteer? How well do you trust your partner in terms of percentage? How well? You are telling me. How well do you trust your partner? Somebody say 5%. <laughs> Number two, do you panic when you don't hear from your partner? Some people, when they don't hear from their partner for two hours, it's like the heaven, I mean, the earth is coming to an end. Hey, Two hours, you have not called me. What are you doing? Where are you? My friend, take it easy. See, some of us, we have this insecure mentality. Somebody say insecurity. Shout it, say insecurity. See, too much of insecurity is a sign that you yourself, you are guilty. Why do you always have to think negative of your partner? Are we together? Yeah, that two hours. It's like the person has disappeared for a month. It's, it's, it's a behavioral pattern to show that you that is doing that, you yourself, you are not what? You are not trustworthy. You cannot be trusted because you feel... In those two hours, you, you can do evil, so the other party is possibly doing something that is wrong. Are we together? Yeah. So, how, is, do you panic when you have no head, received a phone call? Hey, what is happening? Hey, Sister Mary is possibly taking over my husband. Hi. Can I tell you something? 
Everybody follow me. You see, when you start to assume in the name, because of your insecurity, take me back to that lack of communication um, 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 slide. Let me show you something. When you start to assume because of lack of communication, um, because of um, um, insecurity, what happens is that your insecurity creates assumptions. Are you hearing me? Your insecurity, ah, he has not called me in three hours. Okay, so I think Lucy has taken over. He's talking to Lucy. So you have misconceptions. Somebody say misconceptions. And then it creates what? Unnecessary argument. Say argument. And what happens is that maybe he was not talking to Lucy. But now the bond is weakened. So the bond between, because there is so much tension in the house. And there is so much tension between you and, that, and your partner. What happens is that you have actually created an opportunity for Lucy now to take over. Before there was no Lucy. Possibly Lucy was there. Hi, how are you? Hi. You just saw Lucy, just tested your guy. Hi, dear. How are you, my friend? The real corporates, they don't do those things. Did you hear what I said? They say, sir, um, when am I submitting the document? There is no document. How many of you have been watching this um, meme that has been going around? This guy, I've forgotten. Um, the, the, what's it called? On TikTok, he's got a, he's becoming very popular. The nation is not safe. Something like that. Uh, who can remind me? It's about something about the nation and politics, but it's about relationship. I'll look for it next week. We will use it. I'll, I'll possibly if that is if in case I don't finish. So the point I'm just trying to make you understand is when your insec insecurities create a lot of misconceptions and there is argument. And then now, because there is argument, the person is not safe. The Bible says it is better for a man to live on top of a roof than to stay in the same house with a nagging woman. So now, there is a lot of tension and it's opposite. The, the opposite is also true. If you are a man and you are also nagging, it is also better for your wife to live on top of a roof than to stay in the house with a nagging husband. It's also the same. Are you hearing me? Yes. If you are a nagging man, you, you, need, you need help. You need deliverance. After service, see me. Women are supposed to nag. It is okay. It is understandable. But if you're a man and you are complaining all the time, there's a problem. So, when you have misconceptions, you create arguments. So, once there is argument, there is no peace in the home. And when there is no peace in the home, when the guy closes work, when he's supposed to be calling you and talking to you because there's so much tension, you... Lucy will call. Ah, let me talk to you. This one, just to while away time. In the moment of whiling away time, guess what? The bond between Lucy and your man gets stronger. Why? Because you started creating misconceptions and creating tension and unnecessary argument. There was nothing, but now things are happening. Why? Because these two, 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 these two um, 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 sessions are in play. There's a lot of argument between you and the guy. Unnecessary tension. Things are not working. So the guy needs somebody to now release the tension to. And guess what? There is weakening of bond. And before you realize the whole relationship breaks down. It breaks down because somebody got insecure. You need to do another one and put insecurity here. Alright? And started having assumptions and misconceptions and started creating arguments and reactions. Bone becomes weak. Relationship breaks down. Are we together? 
So we need to learn how to trust. Somebody say trust. And when someone trusts you, tell your neighbor, don't break the trust. All right? When you are trusted, don't what? Like I said, trust is like what? A glass. Once it's broken, it will never look the same. Amen? Let's go to the next point. Are you always looking for ways to snoop into your partner's phone? I've talked about that. You are always, some people, they are always looking for ways. If you are always looking for ways to snoop into your partner's phone, it's a sign you, can, you don't trust your partner. It's as simple as that. Amen? Yeah. And there should be, there should be, there shouldn't be that straight rule about people's phones in the house. And I always say, my wife knows my password, but me, I don't know hers because I don't need it. Are you getting me? She might need mine because I get busy and somebody, sometimes she might have to use my phone to do other things and respond to certain messages, but I don't need her password. For what? And then what will happen? What am I looking for? Are we together? There is nothing to look for. But now some of you are looking, you, when you are looking for things, you will find what looks like what you are looking for. Sometimes. Are you getting me? You are looking for, you must find something and your, the devil will convince your mind it is what you are looking for. How comfortable or anxious are you when you see your partner with his colleagues and friends and the opposite gender? How comfortable are you? Some of you, once you see somebody with an opposite gender, it's concluded in your mind something is happening. It is not all the time that something is happening. Sometimes absolutely nothing is happening. Are we together? Yes. Now let me move on to the next point. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? So the next point, if you want to build effective relationships, point number four, be a good listener. The rest of the points, I want to run through them so that I can finish and then we can have our communion today and go home. Um, if you want to build effective relationships, be a good listener. Tell your neighbor, be a good listener. Most people, I, I have said this, I mean, in the, in, the, in the video that was going around this week, I always say most people listen to reply. They don't listen to understand. By the time they are listening to you, all they are waiting to do is to respond to what you are saying. They are not really listening to understand exactly what you are trying to communicate. And that is where we have a problem with communication. You need to be a good listener. Are you hearing me? Be quick to listen and slow to what? Slow to what? Yeah, give me James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to answer. Shall we read one go? Shall we read one go? Again? Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Some people, within a matter of a minute, the things they can say. And they can't even pray in tongues. So sad. They can't pray in tongues, but they can run their mouth like an okra. 
Are we here? Yes. Say, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? Slow to get angry. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That is what scripture says. How fast are you to speak? Process information before you speak. You must be a good listener. One of the things about listening is that when you listen to people, they feel good. How many of you know that? Just listening to someone, sometimes even if they are talking nonsense, just listen. Tell your neighbor, just listen. Just listen, even if they are not making sense. Are we together? Yeah. Sometimes just try to listen and empathize with them. And give feedback when listening. When you are listening to somebody, give feedback. Yes. Okay. I mean, let the person feel like you are interested in what is being discussed. Are we here? Yes. If you want to build effective relationship, be a good listener. The men are naturally um, um, weak, or men naturally don't know how to listen. How many of you understand that? Most men don't know how to listen. Most men naturally don't know how to listen. The reason is that, and let me teach you, there's a book by John Gray that called um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. How many of you have read that book before? Yeah. Now, that book teaches on the, how, how, on the differences between men and women. See, when a woman is giving a story, a woman will want to give you the details, every detail, what happened at 920, 921, 922, and then give you the details, and man, a man wants the end. And then what, was, what are you trying to say? Tell me. You understand? So as you are trying to talk through your details, it starts to frustrate the man because that is how they are wired. Men would want you to tell. This is what you want. If you want a man to get interested in your conversation, start with the end. Are you getting me? Start with the end. Okay, let me give you an example. For instance, you went to um, the shop and you went to the shop and then a certain man attempted to slap you. Now you, hey baby, I went to the shop today. And when I entered the shop, I turned left and I saw um, um, this friend of yours and that works at this place. And we chatted. And then when we were moving, you know, when we were moving, this person also, I picked some apples. In fact, I know you don't like apples, but I picked the apples for the children. You see? And then now I moved on. So now you are, the person says, so where is this story going? Tell me the end. Are you getting me? Now, once the man does that, what happens to you as a woman? You get frustrated. Why? You are not listening to me. You don't even want to talk to me. You're always talking to other people. You know, the guy wants to know, okay, now I went to the shop. Somebody slapped me, but now this is how it happened. By the time you have told the person the end, the person wants to now be ready to listen to the details of it. But now if you want to start how you pick apples and you drop them and you pick banana and you drop them, you are really wetting somebody up. Are you hearing me? Yes. Now you understand? Yeah, so that is how men are wired. They want to know the end of the conversation. Then you can start to give them the details later. All right? So, so be a good listener. Number five, if you want to build effective relationship, invest time 
money, emotions, and your resources in the relationship. But now invest these things at the right time. Somebody say invest them at the right time. Invest what? Your time, your money, your emotions, and if you want that relationship to work, you must do some investment. Invest your time in that relationship. Invest your emotions, your money in that relationship. Every relationship requires investment of your resources. Somehow, you must invest something. It cannot just be just dry. You are just there. Invest your time. Tell your neighbor, invest your time. Invest your money. Say, invest your money. Invest your emotions. Say, invest your emotions. Yeah. You must, if there is a relationship and it must work, you must be ready to invest your time. You must be ready to invest your emotions. You must be ready to invest in that particular relationship. That is how things work. Amen? The question is, you say that relationship is not working. How much investment have you made in that relationship? You have invested absolutely nothing. The Bible says you reap what you what? Yeah. Say, me, I love you. Ah, my friend. That's all you have invested. What is it beyond that love you have invested in that relationship? How much investment have you made in the life of the person? And the, la the last point I'm going to say, how much value have you brought to that person's life? Ask yourself, how much value ever since you showed up from whichever place you came from? I'm, I'm managing my words today. <laughs> how much value? How much value have you added to that person's life? Let me tell you, if you are in a relationship only to take, that is a parasitic relationship. And every one of you, if you are in a relationship only to be, to be taken from or to take, that is what? A parasitic relationship. It is not worthy of your time, your energy, your effort, and everything. Someone say, me, I don't have. It's not about money. There is something else you can do. What value are you adding to that person's life? If you want a relationship to work, you must be value added. Like I said, if we take that, your so-called love out of that relationship, what else is holding that relationship? What have you done? How much input have you made? What value have you added into the person's life? Let me tell you, the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, God created Adam and says, God realized it was not good for man to be alone. So he made for Adam a helpmate, a balancer, a complement, as the amplified puts it. I mean, give, give me uh, in amplified. Genesis 2 28. In amplified. Shall we read one? Go. Now, the reason why you are in the primary essence and the primary reason why God brought someone into your life is for you to become a helper, a balancer, a complement, a support system to the person. So if you are rendering zero support, you are not even expected to be there in the first place. Take it from me. Now, the Lord said it is not good for, for put your name there. 
for Zablon to be alone. I will make for him a helper, one who what? balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. What value are you adding to the person's life? How well do you complement that person? You know why companies hire people? How many of you, you are working in one company or the other? Raise your hand, let me see. Any company you're working in? Anybody raise your hand? You're working in a company? Yes. Which, which, what's your company? Yes. In your company, your, it's your company. I want somebody who is working for someone. Yes? EF, EFG, what is that? Hmm? Ah, okay. In your company, what, what do you do in your company? You are in operations. So the reason why they employed you is to be in charge of what? Operations. So imagine you are there and you are doing nothing. What you are, I mean, what is in your JD you are not executing? What will happen? You get fired. Are you getting me? Yeah. The reason why you are in someone's life is to add value. Tell your neighbor add value. How much value are you added? If you are not a value added person, and you see, ladies and gentlemen, Life is too busy, too tough, too difficult to take upon yourself a liability. I'm saying it just as it is. Do you hear what I said? Life is too busy to have liabilities all around you. What value are you? Just in your own way, what can I do to advance this person's life? What can I do to complement this person, to shape this person? To make them better versions of themselves from the time I met them. Seek to do what? Add value to someone's life. And you do that by investing your time, your resources, your money, your emotions to see to it that the other party is doing well. Let me ask somebody a simple question. Let me do an analysis. There is brother John and brother Peter. Brother John is supporting you, helping you become a better version of yourself. Brother John is helping you and uh, advancing your life, doing everything to make sure you are moving ahead. Your life, your future is settled. I mean, brother John is doing everything you can think of supporting you in every way and there is this brother Peter who says me I love him and there is absolutely nothing brother Peter is doing in your life to advance your life which one do you want how many of us like brother Peter are you getting my point you see in the name of love, many people have made very careless mistakes. Did you hear what I said? In the name of what? In the name of love. Careless mistakes. And, and, and sometimes we are blinded that like we say, love is blind. But in this 21st century, love is not blind. My friend, open your eyes. Shine your eyes. Tell your neighbor, shine your eyes. Yes, make sure you are in a relationship that God said he is bringing you a helper, a complement, a support system, 
how much support system are you getting? What are you becoming a better version of yourself? You are just wasting your life away. There are some people you hang around them, you are just wasted. You are wasted emotionally, wasted uh, financially, wasted in every aspect of your life. Wasted. I pray that may God deliver you. That your future shall not be wasted. That your life shall not be wasted. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God bring you to a place where you shall not be wasted. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Next point. Develop empathy. Now I'm taking these two together. I've talked about a bit of empathy. And then I'll take the last and then we are done. Because I don't want to go back to this um, series again. I want us to move to something else. Tell anybody, develop empathy. Learn how to develop empathy. Learn how to what? Yes. And it's one of the hardest things to do if you are people like uh, cholerics who are very much resource-driven. They hardly care about how you feel. Okay, so, and then what? You are sad, and so what? Let's get the job done. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, develop empathy. What is empathy? Let me explain. When I say empathy builds connection between two people, it's a state of perceiving and relating to another person's feelings and needs without blaming. It's a state of relating and perceiving someone else's feelings without blaming. Giving advice or trying to fix this. You are not going to give advice. You just want to understand where they are coming from. Put yourself in their shoes. Empathy. Develop empathy. The Bible says when Job's friends, when Job had a crisis and his friends got there, for days they just sat down saying nothing. Are we here? Job's friends just sat, they just sat around. Sometimes you just have to be around somebody saying nothing. Just to show that you are around, but you are not saying, because sometimes the things you say can actually get things out of control. Are you hearing me? They just came around him and they did not say anything. They were just around. They just came to sympathize with him. They didn't, they spoke after days. For seven days and seven nights, no one spoke a word to Job. They were around Job. Okay, give me the scripture. Job 2, step from verse 11. Now, shall we read one go? So when Job's friends heard of his adversity, they just came around. Somebody said they came around. To sympathize with him and to comfort him. Uh -huh. Now when they looked from a distance and they
verse, verse, um, verse 7. Uh, sorry, verse 13, sorry. He sat around Job for seven days and seven nights, not saying a word. Sometimes people just need your presence. Say your presence. Yeah? Not, not saying so much. Because some of you, when you open your mouth, it's bump. Amen? Bump. Somebody say bump. Yeah, people, they just, they just release bump. Bump that will blast you. <laughs> it will shatter you. It will make your emotions even worse. Are you guessing what I'm saying? Yeah. They sat down on the ground with Job for seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that the pain he had was so great. Sometimes learn how to connect with somebody's emotions without saying a word, without judging them, without blaming them. Are we together? That is what? Empathy. Now, last point. Learn forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. See? How many of you have married for 20 years, 10 years, over 10 years? You have been married for 10 years. Raise your hand, and I want you to be outstanding. You have been, you have been married for over 10 years, and you're still standing. Wow, come on, put your hands together for them. 10 years, and you are still standing. Wow. 10 years, over 10 years, and you are still standing. 10 years, just be outstanding. 10 years. And I want to ask a simple question to help the others who possibly have done two years, three years, and they want to knock their heads and kill each other. Now, sir, is there a time, where's the microphone? Is there a time, how many years are you married? 13 years, thank you. Is there a time you felt like quitting? Yes, thank you, that's all. You, how many years? 16. Is there a time you felt like you don't really need this? Several times. Several times. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Mom, give to Mom Florence. Is there a time you felt like quitting? Not really. Not really. Mm. Okay. But I've been married for 49 years. 49 years. Wow. Solomon, is there a time you felt like quitting? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. He has answered. Now bring it here. You, you are a couple, isn't it? Is there a time you felt like quitting? Very many times. Thank you. Honest. Damaris, is there a time you felt like quitting? You are married for 23 years. Is there a time you felt like quitting? If you right now. <laughs> Says if you right now. Zablon, Elder, is there a time you felt like quitting? Yeah, several times. Several times. Jackson, is there a time you felt like quitting? Yes, Papa. Yes. Pastor Lee, is there a time you felt like quitting? Yes. Yes. Naomi? Uh-huh. Thank you. You can have your tea. Those you have. We have tea. Is there a time you felt like quitting? 33 years. Is there a time you felt like quitting? Last night. <laughs> All right. I, li I like the honesty in the house. I like the honesty in the house. Thank you. <laughs> Since last night. Yes? Yeah, many times. Many times? Juma? Many times. Yes, Simon? Many times. Yes? Many times. Yeah. So, 
You, sir, how many years? 13. 10 years. Is that time you felt like quitting? Once in a while. <laughs> so, at least over 98% of the people that are married for over 10 years, there was a time they felt like what? Somebody said, even last night. And even now, yeah. Someone said, even now. See, the point I'm trying to make you understand is that there would always be a time you feel like leaving. But what will bind you two together is the love of God in your heart. Somebody said, the love of God. There would always be a time you feel like what? Quitting. It would always happen. It, it, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how careful you are, how trustworthy you are, how honest you are. There are some people, it, it will definitely happen. But guess what? You need to allow the love of God to leave. Somebody say the love of God. That's why I was telling you, if you get connected with somebody who does not know the Lord, quitting will be so easy. I'm not saying people who know the Lord does not, they don't quit. Sometimes they do quit. Sometimes it's necessary to quit. Are you hearing me? Yeah, but you see, don't just jump. There are some people who have been married for 30 years. They said they wanted to quit last night. The question is, is that the first time that she wanted to quit? No, there were times that even more dangerous, more, more serious things happened, but they managed to work it together and kept going. And they are here for 20 years. They've been here for 30 years. They've been here for whatever number of years. What am I trying to tell you? The point I'm trying to make you understand is that there will be the time where you will feel like you need to quit, but reconsider that decision. Tell your neighbor, reconsider that decision. Yeah, you need to reconsider that decision and ask yourself, is there a way things can be worked out? And you see, most of us, we are so unforgiving and so bitter and so, I don't even know what, what to call it. To an extent that you don't even have the love of God in your heart. Your heart is full of bitterness. Give me Matthew chapter 6, verses 14. And if you are bitter, a bitter person, you do not get better. Say, bitter people do not get better. Yeah. At workplaces, bitter people, they don't get better. They don't perform. Because they are so bitter and angry inside. You're angry with your boss, the guy that determines your paycheck. You don't perform. Shall we read? One go. He says, if you forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly father will also what? The question is how many of us are ready when some things happen in relationship, you are very quick to take your bag and walk out. Ah, this man is a bad man. But there was a time he was the sugar in your tea. The only namachoma on your ugali. This man, if I have not met this man, I don't know what would have happened to you. Now the devil is making, has painted a picture in your mind about the same man you were hailing all the praises on. And now that man is the latest demon you have ever met. Guess what? The devil is on your case. Are we together? Yeah. Because let me tell you, the enemy would not want any good relationship you have to stand. Get it from me. If it is a good one and it is something that is supposed to help you, the devil will fight it. 
Make sure you are separated from your dark destiny helper and so that you are left on the woods. So, you see, the enemy will make you feel, oh, this is the, I mean, this person you have with you is not a good person, so you leave and join them to some, 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 some sister Mary that is trying to convince you she's the best woman ever. Guess what? Before you realize, you are finished. Somebody say finished. I told you, give me this, give me the slide. Give me the slide for the curve. If you forgive your, if you forgive the curve, the, the last slide, the graph. Now, hold it here. Now, I mean, if if you are if you have not been part of the sermons, you will not understand this graph. I've I've, I've, I've explained this graph, the, the relationship life cycle. Now, the bond, this is the bond, how bond, how much bond you people have and time in terms of months or years. When you start a relationship, I always say when you are getting to know each other, there is love, there is fun, there is communication, and it start, the bond starts going high. That is the time all of you are pretenders. Somebody say pretenders. When you get to know somebody fresh, you are all pretenders because when you are even hurt, you don't show it, you don't say it. I mean, you are, all you see is the fun and the love and the happiness and all that. But there comes a time you start to identify the weaknesses in your partner. Now, when you start to identify the weaknesses in your partner, the bond will start to decline. The bond will start to decline and keeps going down. It will keep going down. Why? Because before it was so much fun, the bond was rising, rising, rising. You guys come here and you realize that, ah, this person is, uh, is, has been lying to you too much. This person has been um, 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 cheating around. This person, so you start to identify certain weaknesses in the life of the person. So the bond starts to decline. Somebody say decline. So once the bond starts to decline, it will decline and decline until it gets to the critical stage. Say the critical stage. Now, at this critical state, that is the decision-making point. Whether you are either quitting or you continue. Now, hear me. At this, when this, with the time you start to identify weaknesses and the bond decline, that is where your forgiveness comes in. Somebody say forgiveness. Shari say forgiveness. Now, your forgiveness comes in because you have seen this person. I, I don't want to use bad words. We are fasting from tomorrow, so I'm managing myself. Amen? You have seen this person is a complete mess. So many issues. Now, every now and then, there's a problem. You must understand there is the love of God in your heart at this stage. That is what will help you so that you don't get to the critical stage. Even at the critical stage, what will make the graph keep going up is not because the person has started to change. It's because there is forgiveness in your heart. You either decide to break up, leave the relationship at this critical stage so that the bond goes down to zero, or you forgive and you people start to bond again and things start to move. Are we together? Are you here? So at the stage when you people are identifying the weaknesses in each other, that is where forgiveness comes in. Are you ready to forgive the person and move on? Or you are ready to say, we shall knock our heads tonight. And uh, it's time for me to walk out, carry my things and go back to Bungoma. You, stay where you are. We are done. Jesus said, let's take the last scripture and then we can pray. Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also what? Yeah. Let me tell you, there was a time, there was a, even a worse thing that happened in a relationship, but God solved it. Can I tell you something? Even this worse thing, God will solve it. Are you hearing me? There was a time it looked like there was no hope. It is completely gone. 
But God supernaturally worked the miracle and you people managed to stay. I came to make you understand. Even in the heatest of the strongest disagreement, always let the love of God lead. Are you hearing me? Let the love of God what? Let the love of God lead. He says, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Verse, verse 15, if you do not forgive, shall we be outstanding? I want you to stand so that I don't continue preaching. I want us to take some time to pray for marriages and relationships. Amen? How many of you want to pray for your marriage? I was telling a pastor friend of mine, um, yeah, this week we were at the prayer mountain and um, we were at the prayer mountain in Akuru for the whole week. We were praying and, and I was supposed to go for a meeting. And a pastor friend of mine, I respect so much. I mean, solid man. I mean, solid, solid, solid. 100% solid. Called me and told me from Ghana. He says, man of God, uh, please, um, when are you going back to the UK? He says, can you find me a wife from the UK? I said, ah, what happened to your wife? He says, it's not working. I mean, this is a handsome anointed rich pastor. Somebody is saying, man of God recommend you. You see, I can read your mind. No. I mean, good friend says, prof, just find me a wife. When you go to the UK, I said, I have got many in Kenya. He says, uh-uh. We want, we want, we want British. And you wonder what is it. And now he begins to narrate me the story. Narrate me the story. Now they are actually divorcing. No, it's not a joke. They are actually going to court, ready to separate. And I'm telling you, why didn't you tell me all this, all this while? They are in court, ready to part ways. The woman has left the house. He's alone, preaching the gospel. He's so handsome. I will recommend you. I can tell. Somebody at the back is saying, so, you are where? Here. I, I realized I got a burden to pray for people and to pray for marriage. When I hear him, I'm telling you, if you say an angel, you can say this one is an angel. I mean, I mean, he will carry your bag. Those men that will carry your bag for you open a door for you. And I'm telling you, how, at what point? Me, carry which, open which door? <laughs> no, I'm saying, if yours is failing, my guy, then we don't know what to happen. I stood on the phone with him for over an hour. And we prayed and believed God. I want you to make a prayer that God will keep your marriage. And if you don't have one, God will bring you one. Amen. If you are in a relationship, that God will bring you a good person. I was telling him, oh, I think I, I can you project for me 60% on the screen? Just project 60% and then slash or oh, 60 and 40 plus or minus 40%. 60% at the top Quickly, guys, 60% at the top and 40 plus or minus 40% under. Let me show you something. Pastor Joshua, come. You are a single man, so let me use you as an example. Um, Pastor Joshua is a single man, 
And every single person is 60% me. Somebody say 60% me. Somebody say 60% me. 60% me. Now the person that you bring into your life is either coming with a plus 40 or minus 40. Are you getting me? As you stand here where you are, if you are a single person, put it strong below. I said one at the top, one below. Okay, it's okay. I think this is even good. Now, if the person comes 60, now do 60 plus 40% and go to 100%, then 60 minus 40%, give me 20%. So now, can you see what is on the screen? Every single man or single woman, you, you are blessed. You are 60% made. The person that comes into your life is coming with a plus 40 or what? Minus 40. So if the person comes with a plus 40, you get to what? 100%. You are complimented like what scripture was saying in Genesis chapter 2. God says I'm making for you a compliment. Somebody to support you. A support system. If the person comes with minus 40, what happens? 25. You come back to what? 25. You are reduced. These guys are very slow. You can see they, the members are even saying, yeah, they are slow. If you were there, would you have been able to do it? Anyway, let's look at it. Thank you. Now, yes, good. This is what I wanted. Now, so, you yourself, you are 60%. There's a plus or minus 40. Your partner is coming with a plus or minus 40. Some of you, eh? You got here. You were 60. You, you got somebody minus 40. Now, your life is 20. It's true. Some of you, that is what it is. Right now, you are, some of you are in debt because of a certain relationship you got yourself into. You are paying a loan for a man who is living in the house you collected loan to build and that man is living in that house with another woman. Which who bewitched you? Now, some of you, you are blessed. You, got, you were 60% made. God blessed you with a very good man. Good woman. And you go to what? Hundred, I pray for you that God will bring you the right person. Amen. That you will not be frustrated because of a wrong man or a wrong woman. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to pray? I want you to pray to God. That God will order your steps. Let me tell you for your, for, for your information. God has not given anybody a husband or a wife. It is not done. It is nowhere in scripture. It is only done once in, the, in Genesis. After that, even the one that God did, even the man complained. When Adam fell, God asked, Adam, why have you done this? He said, it is the woman you brought me. So from that day, God stopped giving women to men or men to women. What it is, is you find, you, you, the Holy Spirit can lead you. What God can do for you is that when you present the case before God, God can guide you because of A, B, C, and D, you choose it. But now the final decision is up to you. Are you hearing me? You make your own decision so that you live with it. You are praying that Jehovah God will guide you. Amen. In the choice of your partner. Amen. That you do not make mistakes. Amen. That the spirit of God will order your steps to the right people. Yes. And if you are married, you are praying that Jehovah God will mend that marriage. Will bless that marriage. That God will continue to bind you to with cause that cannot be broken. Yes. Come on, lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lima go shabaya. Rababa go shalala branta. Ikalo shalala branta. Rababa la ba go shalala branta. Rante la gado shalala branta. 
Now, communion is going around. Um, you pick one as we continue to pray, and I'll pray over it, and uh, we shall be still in prayer. Say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every grace I need. Every grace I need. To become a good man. To become a good man. You are a woman, you will say woman. Are you hearing me? Say, every grace I need. Every grace I need. To become a good man. To become a good man. To become a good woman. To become a good father, may you release. Father, may you release. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Everybody look at me. Look at me in the eye. Everyone look at me in the eye. The way you are right now. I don't know how I forgot this when I was preaching. The way you are right now, if you were to marry another version of yourself, would you be happy marrying that version of yourself? Are you getting me? You as a man, the way you are, if you were to marry another version of yourself, another woman or another man that is with the same character traits, same behavior patterns, same lifestyle, would you be happy with it? Am I making sense? If you will not be happy marrying someone like you, that means you need to change. You need to work on yourself. Are you getting me? But if you'll be happy marrying someone like you, someone with the same lifestyle, same behavior, same heart, same traits like you, that means at least you are getting something. Are we understanding? And I know many of you the way you have been behaving around, you know you yourself, you are not a good person. And if you were to marry someone like you, you would not possibly have married that person. So how do you expect someone then to marry you? Are we here? You are praying in the name of Jesus. The Father grant me every grace I need to become a good version of myself, a better version of myself. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to talk to God. Lift up your voice and 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 talk to God. Lift up your voice. Father, grant me grace. Let me become a better version of myself. In the mighty name of Jesus, we speak over every soul, every individual here. We declare in the name of Jesus, they are becoming better versions of themselves. Better versions of themselves. Better versions of themselves. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, let us become better. I, I pray for you. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. May Jehovah God bless you. Amen. 
bless your marriage amen bless your relationship amen may god help you to connect with the right man amen with the right woman amen any destiny destroyer yes time waster yes assign it to your life yes today we declare yes that person catches fire fire may the lord deliver you yes from all forms of evil yes may the lord deliver you yes, lord. from every wrong association yes. may the lord deliver you yes. from every wrong relationship yes. in the name of jesus but may god connect you to the right people yes lord may god connect you to the right people yes may jehovah connect you to the right people yes.